Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's just a beautiful day. Um, it was a beautiful evening. Uh, and it's definitely a beautiful morning. The sun was extra bright and everything was just so fresh looking. I just was I just really enjoyed the days. I've definitely slowed down my life and just learn to enjoy things on God's terms, the way he created us to be. And it goes into what today's daily bread is. Because truly, when you start, when I started thinking about my life, I was always in a rush. I was in a rush to hurry up and get ready in the morning, to hurry up and go to my job, to hurry up and get my job done, to hurry up and head home, to hurry, hurry, hurry. And I was always busy, always busy, busy, busy. And honestly, it was, it was wasted time busyness. You can appear to be busy. I appeared to be super busy, but I got nowhere in life. I was complacent. I was busy chasing my own tail. I was in a hurry in this never ending circle of hurry and I never really enjoyed life. I never enjoyed the simple things. I never enjoyed the things like just sitting around and joking with my kids and just enjoying cooking dinner, enjoying the process of buying good stuff for dinner. Like last night, it was really great to go, huh, what should we make for dinner? Definitely something healthy. We've been really moving towards like eating fresh. And so we opted for salad and uh, a lemon cilantro chicken. And I had marinated the chicken for a couple of days and it was, it was so fresh and so wonderful. My daughter got to pick out the lettuce, which was really great. And it was just the process of we planning the dinner, then we go get the dinner, then we make the dinner, then we enjoy the dinner. And see, that's the plan God laid out for us as, uh, as his creation. He laid it out in Leviticus after, uh, uh, you know, saving the Israels from Egypt and bringing them through the wilderness. You know, we are to, you know, have spring and, and plant all these fruits and work through the summer and take care of all these things and then harvest it at the end of the year and celebrate together and celebrate with God and break and give God the glory for giving us such an amazing life. Just as I'm doing right now, I've read through the chapter of Leviticus before and it's such a detailed oriented book. God is so detailed in the things that he expects and the guidelines, but he's also detailed in how he creates our lives. He's so detailed in my life down to, I purchased a set of curtains at Walmart. And this was something that God and I were talking about. It's, it's like having a conversation with somebody standing beside me, but there's just not an actual physical person there. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of pick out. You know, I just don't know. There's just so many. And he's like, keep looking. He's like, just keep looking. I have the specific one I want you to have. And I'm like, so I was searching, searching, searching. And in one rack, in the very, very back was one final set. And as soon as I saw little, little embroidered hearts, and they were like a very soft, uh, uh, pale pink color, he's like, that is it. And I just 
feel this rush of excitement in my body and I feel my heart pounding and I know these are the ones I'm supposed to get and I'm like, what? This is like the last set way back here in the back rack. How would you even think that I would find him? And see, he was leading me to find these very ones that he wanted specifically for me. And that is how detailed he is because those very curtains actually match things in my past that he laid before me to lead me to him, which is very ironic. Once you come to God and you really start reflecting on your past in a positive way, you start realizing God's been laying a trail for a very long time and he lays a trail unique to how he created you. And it was, it's just so beautiful. And I have those every day, like every day God is doing something beautiful. He's putting things in place. He's talking to me, he's showing me himself through his creation. So that being said, we're going to get into the daily bread. And the verse of the day is from Leviticus chapter 23, verse 40. And for those of you who don't know the Bible book of Leviticus, it is the guidelines God has laid out for sacrifices and if somebody sins and all the guidelines of the old covenants between man and God. Like if you were to sin, you had to make offerings to God. And and at the end of it also, he speaks of festivals he set aside for the Israels to celebrate in God's honor. So the verse goes, rejoice before the Lord, your God for seven days. And they're actually speaking of the festival of uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. It was a seven day feast. And then on the eighth day was the Sabbath. So they rested. Um, so they started on Sunday and then they ended on Sunday. So they started on the Sabbath and then they ended on a Sabbath. So it made it like an eight day festival, technically. This is called Sacred Gathering. Our group of friends reunited for a long weekend together on the shores of a beautiful lake. The days were spent playing in the water and sharing meals, but it was the evening conversations I treasured the most. As darkness fell, our hearts opened to one another in uncommon depth and vulnerability, sharing the pains of faltering marriages and the aftermath of trauma some of our children were enduring. Without glossing over the brokenness of our realities, we pointed one another to God and his faithfulness throughout such extreme difficulties. Those evenings were among the most sacred in my life. I imagine those nights are similar to what God intended when he instructed his people to gather each year for the festivals of tabernacles. This feast, like many others, required the Israelites to travel to Jerusalem. Once they arrived, God instructed his people to gather together in worship to do no regular work for the duration of the feast, about a week. The Festival of Tabernacles celebrated, celebrated God's provision and commemorated their time in the wilderness after leaving Egypt. This gathering cemented the Israelites' sense of identity as God's people and proclaimed his goodness despite their collective and individual hardships. When we gather with those who love to recall God's provisions and presence in our lives, we too are strengthened in faith. Who can you gather with for worship and encouragement? How has your faith been strengthened in community with others? 
Father God, thank you for the people you have put in my life. And truly, thank you for every single person who has been a part of my journey in my life. They have taught me something one way or another. Whether I see them as somebody I'm no longer around or somebody that will be with me in the future. They have all taught me something and made me stronger and defined me in the person that you created me to be. Please help me to encourage another person. In your name I pray. Amen. It's absolutely beautiful prayer because everybody in your life is for a reason, every single person. And if you see beyond the I value of humanity, imagine a negative person. And I've encountered many negative people, but it's those very negative people that have made me stronger. They have sharpened my spiritual blade. They have taught me things that the kindest person could never teach me. And so I thank those people each and every one of them, because without them, I would not be the person I am today. That being said, um, you know, when we talk about gathering for a feast, who do we gather? Who do you gather with? Me personally, all the people that are in my life right now um, are people who do love God. They love God in their own intimate way, and it's absolutely beautiful. Yesterday, I had a dear friend come over, and she brings over Bible studies for my children, and then I do those Bible studies with my children, and it's just absolutely wonderful to see her. She's just so loving and so gentle and kind, and she's just praise the Lord for the things he's doing in you and the things he's doing in the world, and then we pray at the end of it. I met her and we started doing Bible studies together. She was listening to um, Chip Ingram and it was absolutely beautiful. We would wake up and about 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, we would start doing Bible study, listening to Chip Ingram while I was making breakfast. And it just became such a great experience that I made that part of my spiritual routine and now I just have evolved where I'm always in prayer and I'm always studying the Word of God um, another person that I know she's absolutely loving and we were talking about hard times and I asked her how she got through hard times and she stated that she always has these uh, landmarks of when God brought them through things and those are the golden moments that she hangs on to during her toughest times during this time of the corona she was away from her grandchildren and that was very difficult for her because she's such a loving grandma and she said she just recalls those moments in when she's in despair <clears throat> those landmarks and it's in those landmarks she remembers God's love and she's like he's going to see me through this and that is so very true when you have extraordinary moments extraordinary landmarks with God where he saw you through things and he has saw me through things I never thought I could live through and those are landmarks to me I remember the date I remember the time I probably journaled about it they just absolutely changed me they will forever be special to me almost more important than my birthday now when you're talking about you know sacred gatherings it doesn't have to be you know how to put it, it just has to be people together and keeping God as the focus. 
absolutely everybody I run into, everybody I know. God is our focus. When we speak of God and how to move forward in our life and the difficulties. I know yesterday I was speaking about some difficulties that I was facing. And it was in being able to talk to somebody else who was spiritually mature that could speak back to me in the way I needed to hear and not the way I wanted to hear. So it's great to have friends like that. And that is who I have now surrounded myself with. And when you speak about Leviticus, okay, we're going to get into the festivals. This was after, okay, so God sent Moses to release the people from Egypt, right? And that was when the Pharaoh was like, I'm not going to release them. And God sent all those plagues and finally killed the firstborn, which took the Pharaoh's son. And the Pharaoh finally let the um, Israelites go, right? The night before he was going to take the firstborn, he told Moses to tell the people, um, spread blood across the top of the door. And as the, uh, spirit of death passes over he will pass over the ones who have blood above their door but the ones who don't he will take their firstborn that is the passover celebration and passover carried over into when jesus christ's crucifixion happened and that celebration um also carried into the unleavened bread where they for a week didn't eat unleavened bread and first fruits uh I don't know the exact reason for that. I would believe it would be the first fruits of the season. These three are all held in April. Uh, Feast of the Weeks is held in June. Feast of the Trumpets. Uh, <clears throat> Day of the Atonement. Day of the Atonement means becoming one. Becoming one with creation. Becoming one with God. Um, Feast of the Trumpets is sounding off. I'm going to actually get it right out of the Bible. Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest on a memorial, a blowing of the trumpets, a holy con convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So the first day, this would be in October. Uh, the first day of the month, they would make it a day where they would sound the trumpets and they would cook something for God, an offering, and they would give it to them in celebration. The Feast of the Tabernacles, the one they're speaking of in here, they started on the Sabbath and ended on the Sabbath and they just celebrated. They had to travel at the time to Jerusalem to celebrate in a holy way because at the time Jesus Christ crucifixion hadn't happened so we weren't able to praise God within like we are now we couldn't just worship God in our home we had to actually travel to tra a tabernacle to a temple to a synagogue um, back then you know they had to go to a place that was created sacred by God and so you know thank you jesus for making it possible for me to worship god today in my very own home uh, on the street when i'm walking in the grocery store i don't know how many times i've just stopped and prayed in walmart quite a bit so these are all the festivals in the old testament and they're all in leviticus chapter 23. these were god's commandments to celebrate and give worship to him 
because we were created. He was setting the guidelines for people after Adam and Eve. He was like, okay, I'm going to bring these people out of Egypt. They're going to go through tough times. They're going to learn to rely on me. And they're going to, you know, understand that I am God and, and I'm going to bring them through this and I'm going to bring them to the land that I have set beside for them. Now that he's brought them there, he's like, okay, here's your land. I want you to prosper. I want you to love the, love the land I gave you, love one another, join in fruitful relationships and worship me. So in loving the land, he's saying, you know, work the land, grow fruits, grow this and work it and love it. Um, become in uh, fruitful relationships as man and wife. Become fruitful as a community. Become fruitful as a people. You are my people. And during every year, you are going to celebrate me. I've set aside guidelines for you to celebrate me and my glory for doing all this for you so that you you know you may uh, just have this great time just to just enjoy life you see he was teaching them how to enjoy life and you notice there's seven days in a week there was seven seven feasts which is just interesting so sacred gatherings you guys any gathering even just singly, when I gather in my home right now, if I, when I turn this off and I'm talking to God like, oh, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get through that, God. You know, I'm gathering with God and I worship him. I worship him with my music. I worship him when I'm cooking. I worship him. And that's enjoying. I'm learning to enjoy the things he's given me. I worship him and everything I do that serves my community that serves my church, that serves people around me, that serves my family. Because it's in doing those things, I'm doing them because they bring God great joy. And when he is happy, he, I'm happy. So do you uh, gather sacredly? When you gather with friends, what is the topic? And this is where you really got to uh, find meaning in your life. When you're just having time with friends, what do you talk about? Is it meaningful? Is there purpose in your discussion? I've learned to hang out with very few people on a regular basis because I have a purpose-driven life. And by having unmeaningful, time-wasting conversations, about nothing, I'm holding myself back from my blessing in God. So I had to come to a point where I would sit and look at somebody and I would be talking and going, what is the point of this conversation to my future and to God? Does this bring any value to God? And most of the time, no, it didn't. So I had to let that situation go. I had to stop putting myself in those situations because you really have to move forward and place yourself in the flow of God and become one with God to become in the flow. So that way you can move forward to receive your blessing. So many people want to be blessed. They want to have the husband. They want to have the wife. They want to have all of these things. God, why aren't you blessing me? I'm doing all the right things. I'm being a good person. I deserve this. But really, 
you have to take a step back and say, are you doing the work for God to position you? Because see, God can't do the work for you to get you ready for your blessing. During these last couple of months, I had to put forth the effort and show God that I could do it. I had to face the uncomfortable emotions. I had to open up. I had to go to counseling when I was scheduled. I had to do the things I was committed to. I had to face all those things. I had to work on myself every day and I had to be in his word and I had to be honest with him. I had to put forth the work and it was hard work. It's just like exercise. I've been on this exercise routine and it was hard at first. It was hard to sit there and continually do it every day. But you know, the last couple of weeks I've been like, you know what? That was the best decision I ever made because now I'm in the habit with the flow and it feels good. So I hope this inspires you to maybe reflect on your relationships, which one of them, which one of them, maybe not be valuable for you and you need to let them go. Uh, and which ones do you need to flourish more? You know, water those relationships that are purpose-driven with God as the focus. So I love you guys and I hope you have an amazing day. I, I wanna challenge you to find something beautiful in nature, whether it be a dandelion or a leaf or water falling off the leaf, or a bird eating a worm. Like I absolutely love watching the robins eat worms. They just dig them up and they just sit there. Or squirrels, this morning I saw a whole herd of squirrels just playing with each other. And then when I go walking by, they all stop and look at me. And they're just, their tails are twitching. I'm like, uh, they're so cute. I'm just glad they're outside. So connect with nature, connect with the creation, connect with what we were created with. We're part of mother nature. We are part of this earth. And, and when we start connecting more with it, it's such a beautiful feeling inside. I love you guys. God bless and have a beautiful day.